is the desire to understand. Is that a good thing? Is the desire to understand what God is doing, is that a good thing? On surface level, it would seem, yeah, that's a very good thing. Inasmuch as understanding helps us to love God. But it's not always the case. There is a certain type of desire to understand that can become an obstacle to trusting in God. So we need to check that. It's not an absolute. In today's gospel, Jesus plainly predicts for the second time in the gospels, three times Jesus predicts his own passion, that he will be killed, that men will kill him. And Mark, the gospel writer, reports that the twelve did not understand this saying. Now for us, we might think, what part of be killed is difficult to understand? That seems plain enough. But we need to understand that for a 21st century audience, we've become accustomed to 20 centuries of Christian thoughts of the gospel message of this notion of a suffering Messiah. So we get it. We've got the cliff notes for 20 centuries. But in the first century, for a first century Jew and for a listener, this is an earth shattering notion, which is why the apostles seem so dense. And this is why Jesus actually needs to repeat himself and three times and they still don't get it. Because for them, it would have been an utterly shocking notion. A Messiah that suffers? That doesn't make any sense at all. They are so cued in on a triumphalistic type of Messiah. A kingly Messiah who comes to conquer all of the enemies of Israel. It's so counterintuitive to them. It's such a world-shattering view. And we might ask... How do I respond when something in life, something is occurring where I say, this doesn't make sense? Have you ever asked that question to God? I'm sure all of us is asking that question in some circumstance of our life right now. God, this fill in the blank doesn't make sense. God, I don't understand. And the real question would be, what do I do? Do I actually say that directly to God? What do the apostles do when they don't understand? The gospel writer, he reports that the apostles didn't understand and then they remained silent, that they actually didn't ask Jesus. This doesn't seem to be a very intelligent thing to do. What would be the intelligent thing to do? It would be, I don't understand. Jesus just said that he's going to die. That doesn't make sense in my head. I don't understand what a suffering Messiah means. And so I can say, hey, Jesus, that doesn't make sense to me. What do you mean by a suffering Messiah? Please explain that to me. And maybe I could receive more clarity from Almighty God. Instead, they remain isolated and afraid and scared. 
And when we remain isolated, really bad things happen. And that fear can be an indication of pride that I know better or fear that I don't want to be embarrassed because I don't have the right answers or maybe who knows what. So what do I do when something doesn't make sense to me, when I don't understand? Do I actually go directly to God and say, God, I'm really struggling with this. This doesn't make sense. Or do perhaps I just simply stew in my confusion or stew in my own anger and frustration? And where has that gotten us? You know, how has that panned out for us? Those who know me know me to be a very logical person. I'm a very rational person. But it can get me into trouble sometimes because my reason can be an obstacle to faith. And the Lord had to gently but firmly reprimand me in prayer several months ago because there were various situations happening where I said, Lord, this doesn't make sense. As if the Lord needs my permission, as if things need to make sense to Edward on for God to be able to do certain things, right? Like what arrogance. I wasn't aware of that, but there was this blindness, and that was kind of the presupposition. I was operating in that way that if it doesn't make sense to Edward on, then God, you don't have permission to do that. But that's not the case. And the Lord simply, gently but firmly said, Edward, things don't need to make sense to you. Meaning, they make sense to me. God. It makes sense to God. So just because it doesn't make sense to you, Edward, it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. And when he corrected me in that way, I just said, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I've been coming from such a place of pride. You have put me in my place. I prostrate myself before you. In humility, I acknowledge your sovereignty because you're God and I'm not. What do I do when things don't make sense? And I'm going to invite you just to name right now interiorly. What is that circumstance right now in this post-COVID society and how it impacts, greatly impacts our work life, our school life, our family life, our social circles, politically, you name it, all of the different ways that it impacts and how we might be tempted or simply asking that question, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand. What do I do? Do I resort to what the apostles do in fear, remaining in isolation, or will I have the courage to go directly to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me, and not that it has to make sense for, to me for you to have permission to do certain things, but I have a small mind, and I'm going to come to you, and I want to break free from diabolical isolation, and when I come to you, and in humility, I come before you. I would ask you to take at least half a minute today, ask the Lord for that grace, when I experience that, when I feel interiorly, things don't make sense. X doesn't make sense. I don't understand this. 
go directly to Jesus, pose that, let's break free of our isolation, go directly to Him, and receive and listen to what He reveals.